vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date. So it is April 4th, 2020. So that is 20 years after the episode entitled Superstar. Let's get out the episode guide, shall we? First of all, um, hi. It has only been uh, a month since last we spoke, and yet the world feels like a completely different place. Um, I just want to... I don't really want to talk about it, because you guys know what it is. You guys know... Most people listening right now, no matter where you're listening from worldwide, might be on like a shelter in place lockdown. It is the weirdest fucking time that any of us have ever lived through. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I work at a public library and we have already been shut down for a little over two weeks. And we're looking towards, I mean, it may end up being longer than this, but we think it's going to be another three weeks. So it's just so weird. Um, I just want to say that like, um, just how I'm going to approach it on this podcast, I want you guys to know. Um, first of all, I don't think I'm going to talk very specifically about it. I think I'm going to let this podcast be an escape. Um, And I have the luxury of doing that because I also have my radio show. So if you're at all interested in like, you know, hearing someone commiserate with you talk about like, I get real, like, I pretty much am Cordelia on my podcast in the sense of, um, tact. That's just not saying true stuff. I just really on my radio show, my weekly radio show, which you can access, um, just go to mixtressray.com. The information is on there. You can either tune in at the time that it's on, or if you become one of my patrons, um, at any level, even if it's a dollar a month. And I know like a lot of people are just not able to afford things right now and it's completely understandable, but that's why it's everything I do almost everything I do has a free option. Um, the only thing I do that does not have a free option is my tarot readings. But, um, basically when it comes to this podcast, I'm just going to talk about Buffy for the most part. I do want to say that, um, I'm, I'm here with you guys. I, I feel a responsibility to speak to the collective about this kind of shit when it comes to my YouTube channel and when it comes to my radio show. But when it comes to Buffy, I think just because of the nature of this podcast, um, we're able to be in distraction world. And if watching an episode all about Jonathan Levinson isn't an escape, I don't know what is. <laughs> Alternate realities, right guys? Um, let's see what else. Um, I was just going to talk about like, um, like, like I said, if you, if you want to hear more of just like my thoughts and whatever on everything that's going on and like how I'm getting through it and, you know, general encouragements therein. Um, because I have, 
usually I have a pretty pathologically optimistic view on things. I'm able to stay peaceful through a lot. Um, so I've been trying to like sort of spread that sort of <laughs> delusional optimism um, via my radio show and my YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel is under Mixtress Ray. If you're at all interested, it's mostly tarot related stuff that I've, I've been doing like collective readings and stuff for people on my YouTube channel. And then, uh, my radio show, like I said, you can, um, it paid my Patreon is patreon.com slash mixtress Ray, M I X T R E S S R A E. Um, and through that you get, um, a weekly podcast episode of, it's just a kind of a personal podcast. Basically it's just the talking segments of my radio show. Um, and then you also get, uh, which you can access the radio show for free. Of course, if you tune in at the specific time, which is every Friday, seven to 10 central daylight time. Um, and then I also just wanted to, since I'm in like promotion mode right now, one of the things that's kind of saving my life right now, as I stay home <laughs> day after day after day, which is so fucking weird, like so fucking weird. Um, I mean, I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm still going to talk about it. <laughs> like, I'm still going to talk about it a little bit, but for the most part, I'm going to probably every week, there'll be a little bit of this sort of babbling at the beginning, and then we'll get into the episode. Um, one of the things that's saving my life right now is I have, um, I have a tarot Etsy shop that I, um, I made all of my readings 50% off for the foreseeable future, essentially. Um, just because I have all the time in the world right now, I can do more readings than I normally would have time for. And I know that like a lot of people are looking for comfort and insight right now and whatever I can do, like I want it to be affordable. I mean, I always wanted to, my, my readings are kind of cheap anyway, but, um, this way I'm hoping to get more, more traffic on that front. And it has worked like um, I've gotten several readings in the last week and it's been great. I've been so happy to do readings for people. So if you're interested at all, um, my Etsy is, um, all the links are in the show notes always, but it's etsy.com slash shop slash mixtress tarot etsy.com slash shop slash mixtress tarot. Of course you can just go to Etsy and search for mixtress tarot under shop. Um, and essentially the, I mean, I have a handful of re different types of readings on there. Um, but the, the gist of it is a half hour reading with the 50% off is 1250 and an hour reading with the 50% off is $20. I think it might be 25. No, I don't think I have my reading set at my hour reading set at 50 it's probably just 20. Um, I should know the answer to that, but, um, very affordable. And I will tailor the reading to whatever, whatever kind of reading you want. Um, I get really into it. I do like a whole thing where like I, I have incense and a spell candle and like I pick certain rocks and a certain deck according to like what questions you have. And I'll tailor a spread. Like today I did a spread that I've never done before. Cause someone had like love questions and I'm not really like, um, 
it see, it feels alien to me to answer people's questions about like who am I going to fall in love with and that kind of thing. It's not it feels like it's not a strength of mine. However, I found this reading that worked extremely well. So I'm going to use that for like all future like love type style readings. And anyway, it's one of the things that's saving my life right now is um, doing tarot readings for people. So if you want one, I am totally here for it. Also, um, the other thing that's saving my life right now is the new Animal Crossing game on the Nintendo Switch. Um, hit me up, guys. Radio at Gmail if you're also playing that because I know, I mean, it came out on March 20th. So it came out right at the time that a lot of people were starting to quarantine. And it's just one of those things that can totally consume you if you let it. And it's this beautiful, happy little world that you can live in. <laughs> and it's great. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. Let's go ahead and talk about this episode. So Superstar, let's, let's go ahead and take the shot. I've been waiting all day for this. Yeah. Yeah. I got the good whiskey. I sort of panicked and did like a huge grocery shopping trip like two weeks ago, I guess it's been. And I'm kind of a broke person. So every once in a while, I just get tired of the math. You know, like when you're a person that's on a very strict budget and you go to the grocery store with your list of the things that you need and then the calculator, I don't know. Let me know if this has ever happened to you. <laughs> every once in a while, I just snap and I use my credit card to get groceries. And I was definitely in that space when I first found out that like I was going to be out of work for a while and like I was just really stressed out. I just, I was just like, I don't know. I, I just, we need a lot of things. I can't afford it. I'm just going to put it on my credit card. And when I did that, I bought the good whiskey. You guys, usually, usually when I'm taking shots with you guys, I am taking shots of like Evan Williams because it's only $12 a bottle. <laughs> and I don't even like, I don't drink that much. I go through a bottle like about every two weeks. That's about right. Um, so anyway, I got the, the, when I say the good shit, I got the, um, uh, I got maker's mark, which is like $25 a bottle. It's still not super expensive, but to me that feels expensive. Anyway, okay, we're really going to talk about, that's not too bad. I've only been babbling for 11 minutes. We're really going to talk about Superstar now. This episode, I did not have a lot of notes for. This is one of those episodes that, like, I used to think it was just so cute and hilarious and funny. Hilarious and funny, yes. Um, but now I just... I'm not that into it. The last few times I've rewatched, done like a Buffy rewatch and got to this episode. Sorry, apparently I didn't silence my phone. That was my mom's text tone, by the way. Today, um, apparently I'm not ready to talk about the episode yet. Today um, I did, and I've never done, I've always been super awkward with like video chat and that kind of stuff. But I mean, a lot of people right now are just learning how much of a necessity it is at times like this. Um, 
I did like one of those Zoom meeting things with um, my mom, my little sister who lives in Cincinnati, my um, grandma and grandpa who are in town, and my um, aunt and uncle who are in town. Like usually we eat together every single Sunday. And we're not doing that right now um, because my grandparents are in their 80s and, you know, we want to protect them, of course, like a lot of people are doing. So we like did the whole Zoom meeting thing and it worked. Like even my grandparents were able to like, we had to like troubleshoot a little bit with them, but um, they figured it out and it was great. Um, we all, I thought it would be awkward and I mean, it was a little awkward because like, you know, it's not as natural as being in person, but it right now is a great alternative. And it, it was, a, it was really actually kind of amazing. Like we're going to do it again tomorrow. Today was just the test run, but even though it was the test run, we still just like sat around and talked for 45 minutes, which was awesome. I'm going to try to do that. Like I have a book club we meet once a month and we're going to do it via, we're going to do a virtual book club. And so I just encourage you that like, if you're like me and you think, oh God, video chatting is so awful and awkward and whatever, um, give it a try if you can right now, especially if you're feeling isolated and lonely. Um, I really had, I really went through it today. I really had a dark day today and being able to like, virtually hang out with my family um, and just be silly together for 45 minutes was, it was really good. And I thought that it would be strange and awkward and I wasn't looking forward to it. But when we did it, it was actually pretty great. So happy about that. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this fucking Jonathan episode. <laughs> like, you guys, it totally makes sense that there would be a lighthearted episode after the last episode that we watched together, which was Who Are You? when Buffy and Faith switched bodies and it was like really emotionally heavy. But the fact is, this really cheesy episode that came right after a heavy episode didn't come until a month later. You know, we had to wait, or I did anyway, in real time. <laughs> a whole month just now. Oh God, you guys, last month would have been a great month to have episodes to discuss with you guys, you know, <laughs> having all the time in the world. Sorry. I thought it was going to be a distraction, but like, it's hard to talk about things without talking about just the very weird way that we're all living right now. Like, in the past, like in the last few years, I've really been on like a trying to kick technology a little bit, kick, 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 kick. Um, you know, I've been trying to like set limits on certain apps that I use. I've been trying to not look at my phone as much. I've been trying not to be so dependent on the internet every waking moment. You know, I did a tech detox where I essentially just stopped using the internet for the most part for like two weeks. Like there were still instances where like for my job and other things I had to use the internet. I w I've been on that kick for a long time. I quit Facebook like two years ago, all that stuff. 
But now all of that shit's out the window, you know, all of that shit. I don't care about any of that shit right now. Like I want to be connected. And the only way I can be connected, the only thing that's saving my life right now is, you know, pixels, uh, pixel representations of my friends and family and, um, other people that like, I've come to feel like I know if you, if you know what I mean, like I'm taking extra comfort right now in podcasts that I've listened to for years and hearing how they process what's going on right now. And YouTube channels, like I'm so fortunate that like I went, I basically just fell down a rabbit hole of witchiness in the last year or so. Like when I got into tarot cards and I just started like getting real new agey crazy. And it's helping me a lot right now to have those systems of ritual in place. And all of those YouTube channels that I follow that are, um, that I subscribe to that are people, um, people that do like long, do, um, by proxy Reiki and like tarot readings for the collective and all that stuff. All those people are so comforting right now. And I'm so glad that I, I used to be a person that like was super like, if you can't prove it, don't talk to me about it. Kind of like atheist person. And I still would consider myself an atheist. However, like all that mystical bullshit is really comforting and it has a place in the world. And if it makes you feel better, do you like, I used to be kind of judgy about people that believed in God or, you know, anything like that. And it's still something that like, I don't think I'll ever really truly believe in wholeheartedly, but it's something that I see the value in because whatever fucking shit you have to tell yourself to get through the day, like in normal life, and especially right now, tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself because it is important that you take care of yourself in whatever way you need to take care of yourself right now. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, take care of yourself. Um, anyway, I'm here with you guys. I'm here with you guys. Okay. Sorry to get weird. Okay. <laughs> I really try not to get too weird on the podcast. I don't know why I made that decision. Like I used to be really personal with this podcast. And then when I started doing the Buffy shit, I was like, no one wants to hear that shit. So I'm just going to keep it in my radio show so that no one has to hear I welcome your feedback. If you want me to stick to Buffy, let me know. As long as you say it in a really nice way, <laughs> let me know. Um, but most likely since you guys, anybody that listens to my stupid inane babbling is going to be pretty accepting of all the other shit that comes out of my mouth. So thank you. Thank you so much. You guys are the best. Seriously. Okay. We have to talk about fucking superstar. Okay. When, okay, here's the, um, episode, um, summary, according to Nikki Stafford, when Buffy and the gang find themselves unable to handle a lair of vampires, they have, they turn to the greatest mastermind slash basketball player slash writer slash singer slash all around smart guy, Jonathan Levinson. Huh? <laughs> That's good. Um, Yes. Yes. Um, maybe we should read a little bit more of the description of the episode here. 
You can always count on Jane Espenson. Okay, so this episode is written by Jane Espenson. And this is important because she is one of the main writers behind the trio, which we will meet in season six. The trio is what brought you freaking Tom Link as Andrew. Like, don't really care about Warren. Jonathan's fine, but Andrew, you guys. Like, I can't wait to get there. Like, I know a lot of people are a little sour about the whole trio situation. It's, we'll get there. We'll get there. I am not sour at all about the trio situation because the whole point of season six is they were destroying themselves with their own, like, with their destructive behaviors and emotional turmoil and all of that shit. That's the whole point of season six is that, yeah, anyway, we'll get there. I, I was thinking while I was watching the episode today, I was like, this is not a very good episode. I don't like it very much. It's actually not as funny and cute as I thought it was. However, I love Jane Espenson. And if this episode at if the fact that she was able to do this episode and everyone enjoyed making this episode, and I'm sure it was a lot of fun. If any of that contributed to her getting to write more episodes in season six and seven, which she did, then I'm all for this. Let it happen. Let's just go. Let's just go. (laughs) You can always count on Jane Espenson to write a clever episode that is consistent with the characters while giving us something to laugh about. Except this time. (laughs) Nikki Stafford agrees with me, apparently. Superstar was a ridiculous episode that broke up the two-month hiatus before the final five episodes. It wasn't... Yeah, I mean, I guess it wasn't really a two-month hiatus. We were just off for a month. I love Jonathan's character as much as the next guy, but this episode was just silly. I kept waiting for the general in the Monty Python sketches to break in and say, stop that. Stop that at once. This is just childish and I won't have it. Unfortunately for us, he didn't. This episode had its funny moments, though. Watch the opening credits to see Jonathan magically appear, looking very James Bond-like and cool after each star is shown. And the show becomes a sort of Where's Waldo game, where you try to spot all the background Jonathan references. And in light of Jonathan's recurrence in season six, it's funnier in retrospect because he just goes about things so badly. A basketball star? To quote Buffy, he's like three feet tall. And in the end, this episode was nothing beyond its surface and just caused utter confusion. Does Jonathan dislike Buffy for some reason? What did she do to him other than save his life that made him want to render her almost helpless? Does he hold a grudge or does he actually want to be Buffy? I think it's more that, that he wants to be Buffy. When we find out that in his ideal universe he has the Class Protector Award, it diminishes the sincerity with which he presented it to her at the prom. Yeah, I had that same thought. When he was on stage at the prom, did he mean what he said to her, or did he secretly wish he were getting that reward? What makes this episode important is that it introduces the concept that someone could brainwash people into believing different memories, a clue to a certain character who will suddenly appear in season five. (laughs) Ooh, what are they talking about? (laughs) Um, Just a reminder, in case you're new here, this is not a spoiler-free podcast. Um, I've probably already spoiled some things at this point. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's get to my notes. One thing I think was interesting that they did here. So 
this whole thing is about Jonathan being great at fucking everything, 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 everything. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And one thing that they did that was really smart, I think, was the way that they dressed Buffy. They kind of downplayed everyone's outfits. Like the only person that was supposed to stand out was Jonathan. However, the way that they dressed Buffy and styled Buffy in particular, I think was really smart. They gave her kind of like whimsically frivolous hair in a way that we really haven't seen since like season one, when she was a more lighthearted person. I I don't even know how to describe that, but they made her hair less serious. And it wasn't just because it was curly, because we just saw her hair curly when she was playing Faith in her body. And that was a different kind of curly. That was like wild woman curly. And this, the curly in this episode is helpless curly. I don't, I don't even know, like, I don't even know how to describe that, but the stylist did it and I'm sure they did it on purpose. Also, they put her in clothes that were a little too big for her, which made her look really small. And, but it wasn't like exaggeratedly so. They were able to do it just enough that made her look weak, but not so much that you were like, why is she wearing clothes that are so big? You know, Um, I think anyway, I think it was subtle. I think it was smart. They put her in like a cow print jacket, which is, doesn't make any sense. Like is not something that Buffy would normally wear. It's, they put her in styles of clothing that she wouldn't normally wear. Everything's a little bit too big. They put her in like a fringy jacket at one point, which y'all know I love a fringe. You may not know, but I do. But the fringe, the way that it was done was just like, no, that doesn't work at all. (laughs) But it did work because they were trying to diminish her. So that is really the only theme of this episode that I think came through and I think was pretty effective. And that was that there was kind of this running theme that Buffy at one point, okay, what her and Riley are talking And they're talking kind of about him at the initiative. And he says, excuse me, if they just put a little trust in me, I know I could get the job done. And Buffy says, I felt that way my entire life. And that just really hit home. Like that's the one point that this episode makes that's actually kind of valuable is that you see Buffy diminished in this episode, literally by the way they're dressing her, but also psychologically diminished because they keep saying things like, you know, even Giles is saying things like Buffy's never run up against anything like this before alone. And yeah, she did like every single huge achievement that Buffy made in the past was made by Jonathan in this alternate reality. It's really, she's pretty kind to him in the end, you know, having like a little conversation with him. Like you can't make a big gesture like this all at once. That's that's not how the world works. Um, but she's very kind to him, but what he did here is pretty reprehensible when you think about it. I mean, we just went through an episode seeing a person in someone else's body rape, not only the body she's in, but also the person that she 
had sex with, you know, like Faith raped Riley and Buffy. And in this episode, Jonathan rapes everyone because he jumps into their minds and changes their entire reality to support him. You know, it's extremely selfish and it's a huge grand gesture and it's, I think it's interesting that like the show doesn't like explicitly make a comparison between Jonathan and Willow, but the characterization fits. Like Willow also does this, like when she gets upset when she gets really emotional, when she feels betrayed, she will do some grand gesture thing. She will just, she wants everything to be fixed all at once. She wants that and she, she doesn't want to feel the pain. Um, and it's, it can be problematic and we'll see where that goes. You know, Jonathan is doing the same thing. Uh, so I think it's interesting that they, you know, they don't make a direct parallel at any point, I don't think, but yeah. Anyway, I'm not even looking at my notes. Um, I only had a page of notes front and back, like not even the full backside either. It was only, only like half a page on the back. So I do not have much notes for this episode. Buffy's fashion is weird. She's wearing oversized and cow prints. Jonathan, he's got Bond music and he's in the credits. He's better at everything than everyone. And they kind of point this out like in one, in that first scene when Jonathan is at, um, Giles's house and they're talking about like taking out that lair of vampires or whatever. He's like one by one. He's out, he's out willowing Willow. He's out buffying Buffy. He's out Gilesing Giles. <laughs> I don't think he specifically does that with Anya and Xander, but they're not really, they don't really have a specialty anyway. So, um, like he's like doing like weird little punchy things with Buffy and he outsmarts her and he's sweet about it. He's like very like, what did I, I wrote something. He's sweetly patronizing. Like he's very like, he's trying to be respectful of everyone. He's trying to be nice to everyone, but he's very patronizing, like, because he is actually good at everything. And he knows that. And he's like outsmarting Giles at chess. He's out hacking Willow. Um, it's just, it's really, really fucking over the top at times, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, we see Spike and Spike does not know Buffy's name. So they're doing all these little things here and there. This is not like really a terribly done episode or anything like that. It's just, I remember the first couple of times I saw it though. So I think it's important to go back to that because this episode does not really lend itself well to rewatches. It's, it was hilarious the first couple of times. It just seemed like a refreshing change of pace. And maybe part of that also was because every other time I've watched this season of Buffy, I've watched it straight through, you know, like binge watching kind of shit. I don't think I've ever watched this episode exactly a month after the last episode. You know what I mean? So it's just a little bit 
less fun to do it that way. <laughs> okay, what do we got? How does he know every... Okay, this is one just, like, nitpicky thing. Like, okay, so he changed reality so that he would be good at everything and everyone would respect him or whatever. But why does he know everything that's going on in their lives? Why does he know that? That doesn't make any sense that he would know everything that's going on in their lives and all of the intricacies of their world. Like, why would he know that? I don't know. Um, Spike keeps calling her Betty. He calls, he's like, oh, there's the man and his fluffy battle kittens. He like re refers to everyone around Jonathan as fluffy battle kittens, which I think is cute. Um, if they just put a little trust in me. Okay. That, yeah, it's ridiculous. All the things he's made himself good at. Fringe. That's a note that I had. Riley shouldn't have have to say he's sorry. Okay. So the whole, there's a, the other thread in this episode is, is the aftermath of the fact that Riley had sex with Buffy when Buffy was actually Faith and Buffy feels rejected because of that. And, you know, I've already talked about the fact that I think that this should have been dealt with like it was a rape of both of them. Um, and I sort of got that idea. I don't know if I would have come to that conclusion entirely on my own. Uh, hopefully I would have, but I kind of got that idea from, oh, oh, the passionate nerd, I think YouTube channel, really great episode guides that he has on Buffy. And usually I watch it and I forgot to watch the one for superstar. That's okay. Um, usually I watch it in preparation for this, but I did not do that this time. Um, I really think that Buffy viewers were smart enough to have that conversation, to be involved in that conversation of like, Riley didn't have anything to apologize for. Like, should he have seen that something was weird? Yes. But he and Buffy have not been together that long, maybe. And she's a very unpredictable person. She could be suddenly that weird from Riley's perspective. I really think that everybody else should have been a little bit more suspicious in that episode, but Riley, Riley doesn't know. He's so innocent. He doesn't know. And in this episode, she apolo he apologizes and they don't make a big deal out of it. They don't like make it seem like he needs to apologize. Really. He's more apologizing for the fact that they've haven't been connecting. And, and of course he feels terrible that he didn't know it was her. Of course he feels terrible, but also he needs to be taken care of a little bit here because he was taken advantage of too. Like it's got to feel really weird to him. And I, I just think they could have dealt with this with a little bit more nuance. I think people would have understood it. Um, yeah. Uh, we get the obligatory Adam scene. He, he's the only one that realizes that this whole thing, that the world has been changed. He's the only one that knows. Of course. Why not? Um, he's just hanging out with vampires and he says, humans sense so little of what they carry inside. <laughs> okay. My next note is unfortunate jean skirt. That was, um poor, poor Tara. Um, it was just so bad. It was one of those, and it was a thing, it was a thing in 2000, in the year 2000, if y'all don't remember, where people would 
cut like the inside seam of the legs of jeans and then they would sew them together to make a skirt if that makes sense oh god it was so bad i did it too i did it too because you can make like a mid-length skirt out of a pair of jeans you just cut the knees off from the knees down on jeans you cut that off then you rip out the center seam then you rip, rip out the seam on the legs and then you sew it in the middle <laughs> to make a skirt and it seemed cool at the time because it seemed very DIY. Like, I turned a pair of jeans into a skirt. Look! But it's so awful. It is just the worst. And poor, poor Amber Benson. They just, they were making her look so frumpy when she is the most gorgeous woman. And like, poor thing. Anyway. Thank God that particular fashion trend has not come back and hopefully it won't because it was very ill-advised, you know? Most of the time, the fashion trends that come back are the ones that had some merit, you know, like bell bottoms or um, flannel shirts. <laughs> flannel shirts never went out of style. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um... Buffy has whimsical hair. I already kind of said that. Jonathan got class protector award. Again, like that was mentioned in Nikki Stafford's episode guide. That is really, that was kind of a gut punch, you know, when it was just, Willow was sort of casually mentioning, like, you said that, that he has no fear. You said that whenever you were giving him the class protector award and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, wow. Like I, I get the impression that Jonathan did this spell and it was sort of a, it was sort of an all-encompassing, I will be everyone's ideal. And maybe he didn't really think that through entirely. I will be everyone's ideal. Um, I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that, that it was just general when he did the spell. And it wasn't like he was thinking of all those individual things. You know, he wasn't thinking, I will get the class protector award, not Buffy. I will do all of these amazing, amazing things, not Buffy. I don't think, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't ever, Jonathan is never portrayed as a character who is spiteful. He's self-centered for sure, but he's not trying to, he's not trying to be an asshole ever. Like, the things that he does end up being, you know, grandiose things that do hurt people, but that was never his intention. So I don't, I just don't see him as sitting down and really making a list. It will be me that gets class protector. It will be me that did this. It's just this particular spell being like, you know, the paragon that turns him into everything that everyone wants sounded good in theory and he just didn't think it through. That's what I think happened. Which makes sense because in the end, he helps Buffy defeat the monster. Like, he makes the realization that what he has done is hurting people and that's not okay with him. So he lets Buffy defeat the monster knowing what it will do to his new world that he's created. And I don't think he would have gone along with that if if he were truly a bad guy, if he were truly trying to do hurtful things to Buffy. I mean, I think it totally makes sense that 
you know, for him to become the Paragon, he would end up being around Buffy. He would end up helping her fight evil. Like, she is the ideal that he wants to be. My next note was, putting Tara in danger is the new putting Willow in danger. (laughs) And she's got smoke hands. So they really kind of down... I think at this point they still didn't completely know who Tara was, who Tara is, and they did not really follow through on all of this. Um, But they have her in this episode, like she immediately starts doing spells when that monster is after her. And she starts like shooting smoke out of her hands and stuff to like confuse the monster and reciting all this Latin. And she's like, she's a very adept witch, but in the future, I feel like they kind of walk that back. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. Um, It's been a long time. I still like, I still have not done any Buffy watching at all in the four years now that I've been doing this project, except for what I'm doing for the project. Um, I think it's, I really haven't done during this whole quarantine situation yet. I really haven't done a whole lot of, um, TV and movie therapy. Like I assumed that that would be the first thing that I would go to. It's just like sitting around watching movies that I've seen a million times and watching, rewatching TV shows that are comforting to me, such as Friends and The Office and Parks and Recreation and things like that. Um, for some reason, I'm into like workplace dramas as mo- no workplace comedy mockumentaries is my go-to for like you know mindless television. But I haven't really done any of that, and there have been a couple of times where I've thought. I just want to start Buffy over. Like watching the first two seasons of Buffy would re- be extremely comforting to me right now. I might do it. I might. Um, anyway. Um, okay. It's this whole thing about like Anya talking about alternate universes. Buffy pretty much catches on. Like she, she is too smart for this shit. Even when She's in an alternate reality where she has, even though she's the Slayer, she's been diminished and underappreciated and underutilized and um, all of that stuff, all of those words that I can't think of right now. Even though she has a whole life of that in her memory from this alternate reality, she still somehow finds herself capable. She kind of just knows that she's capable and, and she finds confidence within the course of this one episode. She starts finding her confidence and she comes up with a theory all on her own that something is not right. That Jonathan, this whole reality does not make sense and he must have done something and they do the research and they find out that he did a spell. And it was all because of Buffy. Sorry, I almost knocked my tripod over. It's all wonky. <laughs> um, anyway, she figures it out. And everyone's sort of like, what? Why is Buffy like taking charge right now? This is so weird. 
<laughs> and she figures it out. Um, I, for some reason, I wrote down the quote when she said, I'm not entirely sure we can trust our memories. I think it's just because I find that to be true in absolutely every situation. I'm not entirely sure we can trust our memories. Say it again, people. Like, seriously, if you do any sort of research into, like, the nature of memories, basically the gist of it is every single time you remember something, you change the details a little bit. So, you know, your oldest memories that might feel really like they're vivid are actually the most changed, you know, like, do we really know anything about ourselves at all? <laughs> What's that thing that Adam said earlier? <laughs> Humans sense so little of what they carry inside. <laughs> um, next note, Giles tells her she may be a little out. He says to Buffy and this hurt, this was, a, this was another gut punch. He said to her, don't you feel like you're a little out of your depth? You know, like, and he wasn't meaning it to be patronizing or all, all of that shit. But in this particular reality, she really, even though she's the slayer, she really hasn't come up against that much. Everything was Jonathan. Jonathan did everything. Um, so, I mean, in that context, it makes sense that he would say something like that. He doesn't say it in a cruel way, but it hurts to hear that, you know, it really does. Oh, Giles. Um, Giles prop work in this episode. He's, he's only in like two scenes and he's not doing a whole lot with prop work in this particular episode, except the second scene that he was in or the last scene, second and last, I think both. He was, um, he had a piece of toast and he was eating a piece of toast and it looked really good. It did. For a second, I thought it was like a fancy, like, toaster strudel type Pop-Tart, but Giles is too classy to eat a Pop-Tart. It was totally a piece of perfectly buttered toast. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, okay, the quote of the episode, Xander's, like, you know, doing research or whatever, and he says something in Latin, incendiarum something, and the book catches on fire. <laughs> and the quote of the episode is Giles saying, Xander, don't speak Latin in front of the books, <laughs> which is perfect. Um, so they, they figure it out kind of Buffy and Jonathan go fight the monster. And basically when Buffy defeats the monster, it defeats the reality, the alternate reality, because it was linked to, it was the karmic load that happened with the magic of Jonathan's spell. Um, and then she says the thing at the end, she talks to him afterwards on campus, which we, I don't even think we knew up until this moment that Jonathan was going to college with them. Like, have we ever seen him around campus? I don't think so. Let me know if you guys remember if he has or not. Um, and she says that sweet thing to him. You can't keep trying to make everything work work out with some big gesture all at once. Things are complicated. They take time and work. And that was just, I don't know, that was just a sweet moment, I think. I i like that she, Buffy has the capacity to have a lot of empathy, and I like it when they show that side of her. So this episode is not a complete throwaway episode. There are threads of 
you know, important character work in this episode. Um, but overall, not super enjoyable. Let's go ahead and get to the ratings. I didn't even write them down, so I'm going to figure them out together with you. MVP of the episode, I already know the answer to that, and that is Buffy, because even though she has a lifetime of being undervalued, she still finds confidence in herself and figures out what's going on in this episode. That quote of the episode is, Giles, don't speak Xander, don't speak Latin in front of the books. <laughs> I say that often, often. <laughs> it's just one of those quotes that just stuck in my head of, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Outfit of the episode. There really weren't any good ones because I'm not into the whole James Bond thing that Jonathan was doing. Like the whole snazzy suits and stuff is not for me. I'm just not that girl. And everyone else's fashion was supposed to be terrible in this episode. I will give the outfit of the episode to Buffy though. The one outfit that is kind of okay is the one towards the end of the episode when they were kind of like walking her oversized cow prints and fringe back a little bit. Like she still was not full power Buffy fashion, but I just think whoever does the fashion on Buffy knows what they're fucking doing. And they're so underappreciated because like, I never hear anyone talking about like the extreme nuances of Buffy's fashion and how symbolic it is. But anyway, the outfit I'm going to give to Buffy at the end, she still looked way too fucking skinny, way too fucking skinny. Um, but she was wearing like a sleeveless sort of, um, taupe colored sheer top with a sleeveless, um, red tank top underneath it. So that was kind of an interesting color combination to see, to have like the, the sheer like topeness over the red and the sheer taupe thing had like these ruffles down the front. And she was wearing that under a leopard print, like zip up jacket. Um, that again was just a weird cut for her. So it was just slightly off. It like, it didn't feel like Buffy entirely. I think that's the reason that it worked. It was slightly oversized and it didn't feel like her cut. Um, it just wasn't, I don't know. It was anyway, it was, it was a good look. I think she was just wearing black pants. Who knows? It was a good look, but it, um, was still just slightly off for Buffy, but I am going to give that to her for outfit object of the episode. We did get another glimpse of Tara's bedroom in this episode, but it wasn't, wasn't a very good glimpse. And it did have a giant Jonathan collage. And that is not my object of the episode. I do not want a giant Jonathan collage. Do not send me one. Okay. Thank you. Um, what is my object of the episode? I do like a leopard print, but I didn't really like that jacket that much. Buffy has been shown with so many different leopard print coats. It's kind of crazy. I think in the last episode or somewhere in the last couple of episodes, she had like a leopard trench coat and this one, it's a totally different leopard print. And then of course there was the fuzzy leopard print hooded coat of season one, maybe two, but I think it was one. 
which is the one that I have. Um, I have one that looks a lot like it. Um, object of the episode. Object of the episode. I really don't know. Hold on, let me think. You know what? I'm going to go silly. I normally, I take this very seriously, <laughs> but today I'm going to go silly. I want Giles' piece of toast. <laughs> Looks like he, that man knows how to make a good piece of toast. It was buttered, like pretty thoroughly buttered, with a couple of messy smears. It was like fully saturated with butter, but it also had a couple of like smears where there was like a little too much butter, where you get those bites of just like, mmm, that's some extra butter right there. I like it. Um, and it looked like a rye bread or something. It was definitely a darker bread. So I, oh, I love a toasted rye, you know? Mm. So yeah, I'm going to go with Giles's bread or Giles's toast. Yes. That's what I'm going to pick for object of the episode. Now let's go about, go about, go about the other, the five by five ratings. Enjoyability of this episode. I mean, it really is fine. Like it's, especially when you're doing a binge watching rewatch and it's just like this little cheesy episode thrown in, in the middle of like bigger story points. It's fine. It's totally fine. I'll give it a three. Um, as far as treatment of women in the episode, I think it was supposed to do that rating first. Who cares? I mean, it's not, there's no, I don't think there's any overt sexism in this episode really at all. I mean, it's an episode wherein Jonathan is the hero and he's a man and everyone else is diminished beside him, but it's a ridiculous sort of alternate reality plot situation. I don't think any, the, I guess the only really like overt sexism is the whole, like he's married to twins. Like what? Why? Why is that a thing in pop culture? Because they're sisters. They don't want to be in the same marriage. You know, they don't like the whole fantasy is like two people that are hot, that look exactly alike making out with each other. Right? That's incest. That's not cute. Like, why is that a thing? I don't know. So that's really the only like glaring bit of overt sexism, I think in this episode. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. So as far as treatment of women, I'll give it a four just because I'm going to dock it a full point for those fucking twins. So three times four, four, eight, 12. This episode gets a 12. I feel like every episode gets a 12 unless it's like amazing or terrible. <laughs> um, oh, I guess we have to talk about Angel. I'm going to do like I've been doing lately. This particular episode of Angel was actually, it was, it was decent. It was watchable. Um, I remember that much. Let's see, where are we? So I'm just going to read from Nikki Stafford's episode guide for Angel, which is called Once Bitten. It is called Eternity. Angel and the gang meet famous actress Rebecca Lowell who wants Angel to turn her into a vampire so she can stay young and beautiful and remain on a hit sitcom forever. Um, yeah, I think that's all I really need to read of that, honestly. Um, 
again, it was watchable. It was totally fine. Um, the woman that was playing Rebecca Lowell, the like famous, super famous actress, um, I thought it was funny that like the way that they decided to make her look like a super famous actress is a very expertly done cut crease in the makeup. And it did look good. Her makeup looked great. Um, I, I'm kind of sick of this whole thing that they do. I don't, I feel like they don't do this throughout the entire series of Angel, but maybe they do. But especially in the first season or two where they do this thing, keep knocking over my tripod. They keep doing this thing where, um, like Angel will meet some woman that he needs to save that he really connects with, you know, like he sees the darkness in her and she sees the darkness in him and they just get each other, you know, like they did that with Bai Ling's character from a few episodes ago, um, or maybe last episode, who knows? It was from a few weeks ago. <laughs> and at this point in all of our lives, a few weeks feels like a few years, doesn't it? Like, doesn't it feel like 2020 should be over now? And it's April 4th. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I, I'm just sick of that plot point. I'm just sick of it. Like, okay. Like, I get it with Buffy. Like Buffy was supposed to be the exceptional human that really changed things for Angel. But now we're seeing that he just sort of falls in love with everybody. That's sort of interesting. Um, that just seems to be the way that they've decided to show him. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It just, it makes it feel inauthentic whenever he just like has this deep soul connection with so many different women that he needs to save. You know, it's just, nah, I'm not into it, not into it. Um, but overall this episode was watchable. Like I said, it was, it was okay. And it did pass the Bechtel test. Um, because Cordelia is like super obsessed with this particular actress and they actually have a few scenes together where she's talking to her about her and her career and stuff like that, um, where they're not actually talking about a man. I mean, a lot of times they are talking about Angel, but not all the time. So this episode is one of the rare episodes in the beginning of Angel. Like eventually when Fred's on the show, like surely Cordelia and Fred are going to talk to each other a lot, right? I don't know, but... Right now, not that many episodes passed the Bechdel test, but this one did. Um, okay, so should I do ratings? I mean, you guys don't really care if I do ratings on Angel, do you? It was fine. <laughs> like, it was fine. Um, yeah. Treatment of women. Uh, it wasn't the best. Angel never is. Um, there wasn't anything super glaringly sexist about the episode, I don't think. But yeah, it's been, at this point, it's been two days since I've watched it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> That's my rating of Angel. If you want much better episode um, analyses from the series Angel, listen to the podcast that's called Angel on Top. It's, um it's very good. It's very good. And yeah. Anyway, 
I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, I know like the biggest, the biggest thing that I feel like most people are dealing with is the psychological aspects of this whole thing. The fear and the uncertainty and the, um, the patience. Um, I'm sort of finding myself, I wonder if you guys are feeling the same way. I'm sort of finding myself a little bit jealous of people that are younger than me because I know that if I, if I were 30 or younger, I would be seeing this whole thing like, yeah, I get time off work. I just get to hang out at home and do my own weird little creative projects. Yes, vacation. Woo! And I would not be taking it seriously. Um, and I mean, that's not the greatest thing. People that aren't taking it seriously is, you know, part of the reason why it might be a lot worse than it could be, than it needs to be. Um, however, I'm really jealous of that mentality. I'm, and I know that I was that type of person that I would just be thinking, this is all dumb. Who cares? Yay. I'm so glad I'm off work. You know, and I, I'm trying to have that mentality a little bit just in the sense, like, of course I'm still being vigilant. I'm still trying to make sure that like my actions are not going to adversely affect anyone that's immunocompromised in, in my society, like in my community. I, I care, I care. And of course I don't want to get sick either because I have fucking healthcare. Like most of us don't have healthcare, right? I mean, like maybe it's not most of us, but it feels like most of us. <laughs> like anyway, um, I don't want to get super into all that shit, but, um, I'm trying to see it like an opportunity to, you know, really embrace cyclical time. Uh, I mean, that's probably sounds so cheesy and you guys aren't here for like the cheesy mystical shit. Um, but I, that is the way that I'm trying to frame it so that I can feel better about the situation. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really in the moments that I allow myself to embrace it, I'm really enjoying the cyclical time. I'm enjoying the, you know, I, I have, I have a really anxious dog that also has a lot of digestion problems. So there's a lot of times in my life where I will have a sleepless night because of her, because she needs to go out once every two hours, or she is terrified of a storm and she won't let me sleep because she's panting in my face because <laughs> she thinks I can fix things for her and I can't. Um, so, you know, my dog causes me a lot of sleepless nights. And as that is happening right now, when I'm in quarantine, when that happens, it's, it's a lot easier to handle because I can just get up with her like read a book, go lay on the couch and read a book for a couple hours until the storm calms down or whatever. And then we go back to bed and I can just go ahead and sleep longer because I missed a couple hours of sleep when I was up with her and it's fine. You know, like lunch is just, it just happens when you're hungry for your second meal of the day. 
<laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, obviously, I, I need to recognize right now that I'm very, I know that I am very privileged, that I am able to, I'm considered non-essential, you know, to society. Um, I don't know if I'm privileged that I'm non-essential, but um, just existentially, but I'm privileged in that, like, I don't need to be constantly putting myself out there, you know, right now. I can actually just stay home and take my dogs for walks when it's nice outside. And I mean, it's making me a little crazy, as I'm sure everyone is feeling right now. But I recognize that I am incredibly privileged that I, I have a nice home that I can stay in. Like, I have my little family of my Michael, my two dogs and my cat. And, you know, we're, we're a nice little peaceful unit. Most of the time, <laughs> um, we're able to, we're doing pretty well for the most part. Um, but I just want you guys to know that I'm here, that I will still be bringing you this podcast, um, at least, you know, at least on time. Like, at first, whenever I first went into quarantine, um, I thought that I would have more podcast episodes, you know, that I would give you guys more content than normal. Um, not to say that I won't do that, but I just, it hasn't happened. You know, I, I really was amazingly non-productive for the first two weeks of being at home. And <laughs> I'm getting a little bit more productive now, like, um, but I don't know. I'm trying not to feel bad though. Like, so I want to be a voice to that for you as well. If you're one of those people that like, you think if you suddenly have all this time on your hands where you could be doing all these creative projects that you've always wanted to do or this and that, if you're not in a place to do it right now, that's okay. Like we are all in survival mode right now and you really need to, I, I, th I mean, there's some instances where in, if you force yourself to do something, it might actually make you feel better, but there are some times that it's not going to, and making yourself feel bad about the fact that you're not doing more. If you have the extra time, you know, you just kind of have to weigh that out every day, you know, like, okay, is today a day where I actually mentally can't handle anything and I need to just lay on the couch and watch friends all day? Or is today a day where I can kind of force myself to do something and it actually ends up being really helpful to me? Like weigh it out, you know, dip your toes in, into product productivity. And if it's not working, then just be like, fuck it. Let's watch friends. <laughs> or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be watching friends, but you know what I mean? Um, anyway, I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, thank you for letting me talk at you about Buffy all the time. Unfortunately, we're looking ahead just, uh, business wise, business wise, we're looking ahead. We have five more episodes of the season and, um, we've got two weeks in between. So if I don't, come at you with an extra podcast episode just because I feel like it. Um, I've certainly got the time. <laughs> so let me know if you guys want that. I mean, if I get a resp if I get even one email from someone saying that they would love to just hear me, you know, babble about nothing next week or whatever, I'll do it. I'll absolutely do it. 
I love having excuses to do things right now. <laughs> Every time I get like um, a reading order on my Etsy, I'm like, oh, yes, I have something to do today. <laughs> it's like, it has to be something that I have to do, you know? But anyway, um, let me know if you do want to hear me babble about something random. But if not, then I will be back on the 25th to talk about um, where the wild things are. Is that, is that the episode where, hold on, I feel like that's not actually, is that the title of the episode? Am I getting that right? Where the wild things are, where the wild things are. So that is the episode where Oz comes back, isn't it? Strange sexual behavior. No. Oh God. That's that one where people have orgasms when they touch the wall at the frat party. Oh God. That's another like kind of terrible episode, but that's fine. Um, I am really looking forward to, however, the angel episode that we're going to talk about on the 25th is called five by five part one. So it is about faith. Um, so I'm actually probably going to be paying more attention to that angel episode that night because where the wild things are is kind of a terrible episode if I remember correctly. So, um, yes. So we will be back in two weeks. No, in three weeks. One, two, three. We'll be back in three weeks. And that I, it might be another situation of like the whole world is different again, hopefully for the better. So, um, I hope you all, like I keep saying, I hope you're doing well, you know, just do whatever you need to do to be okay right now. As long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, do what you need to do to be okay. I mean, that's good advice any day, but especially right now, if you're listening in April, 2020, if you're, if you're not, if you're from the future, man, how is it? I can't wait to get there. <laughs> I hope it's cool. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, um, I love you guys. I will see you next time. Um, either, I don't know. Either I'll come back next week and I'll just talk about some random shit um, or I'll be back in three weeks when we talk about where the wild things are and the angel episode five by five part one. Bye.